Hey, welcome to Playing for Keeps, the show where we take a deep dive into emotional intelligence, sex, love, adult attachment theory, mental health, therapy, and everything in between that creates great relationships. Your host, DJ, is a certified life coach and emotional intelligence practitioner. She's here to be of service to all the listeners interested in love and relationship. Now, here's your host, DJ. Hey, everybody, it's your girl DJ with Plan for Keeps podcast. And today we have a special guest. Her name is Jenny Richardson. She is a dating and relationship coach for women who are ready to find the relationship they dream of. She teaches them how to ditch the drama and date with confidence while having fun and finding the one. Um, Today, she is here to speak on dating confidently and finding love online. How are you today, Jenny? I'm really good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. I'm glad you were able to come on. So um, what I've noticed when I speak to coaches, they kind of go through their own journey before they help others. Do you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself, your journey, and we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I was very lucky. I met my husband when I was 19 or 20. Okay. Um, we got married a few years after that. We followed a very traditional path. We got married. Um, when I was 24, we had kids. Um, and, um, and yeah, it followed a very traditional path. And then unfortunately, my husband... Um, passed away in 2016 and he was 45 Um, it was very unexpected Um, although I always say I don't think expecting something like that actually helps I don't think there's ever a good way for that to to happen so um, so yeah so I've got I'm in my 40s and I've found that I'm unexpectedly back on the market so to speak (laughs) And um, a couple of years ago, um, I trained to be a coach. Um, I was looking for, I guess, what I was, I was looking for some purpose for the rest of my life. And I've got two young girls and, um, and one of them was struggling a little bit, as you can imagine, um, after that. And this coaching course was to help with kind of mental wellness and handling emotions and all that kind of stuff so I retrained um, in 2018 to do that and it's something that I can build up while I was working at my other job and I did general life coaching for about 18 months and in the last eight months I've then transitioned into dating coaching because that is something that I started last summer and um and it was a bit of an eye opener. It was a bit scary to start off with. (laughs) Um, But I also realized I had skills in that area that some people struggled with. And it wasn't wasn't straight away that I realized that, but in the last eight months, I've realized that I've got actually some good insights in that area that can help people do it more successfully and not make themselves miserable in the process because I see so many people on Facebook um, struggling with the whole dating process um, and complaining about it, but also still wanting to find a a good relationship and a good person to settle down with. And I just like my heart breaks a little bit because whilst I haven't found my person yet, um, 
I do feel like so hopeful and in belief that that's going to happen. And I think, um, you know, I want to help other people get that as well, because being when you're in a good, healthy relationship, it's the best thing in the world. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I haven't experienced it for myself yet, but I, I hear that. So um, when you, I want to start when you said, when you said it was an eye opener for you, could you think of some examples that were an eye opener for you? Was it ex examples of what maybe people tolerated in relationships? Was it, what was it? And then um, after you go into that, it sounds like um, overall you were in a, a very secure relationship. Um, could you go into what you look for or what you think you look, what you think you looked for? I know you were kind of young, um, but could you give us just some examples of what you think a healthy relationship is? Yeah, yeah. So the eye-opening part of it, I think for me was, um, was it last summer was when I went back to dating. And obviously it was completely different from when I was doing it. Cause when I did it, nobody even had mobile phones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you met in a bar. Um, I met my husband, we played volleyball together at university and wow. we met at a party. So it was like, it was very old school the way that we met. Um, so I think the technology side of things, whilst I love social media, um, obviously that was a little bit of um, the whole dating app side of things Gosh. was a little bit of an eye-opener. Um, I think I found the thing that I struggled with a little bit, I don't think I was fully ready. And I think that's really important that when you're dating that you figure out why you're doing it. I was definitely kind of dipping my toe in the water last year. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't quite ready, but I was also... I was wanting to be ready, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So um, I think, but when I, what I experienced on there, that there was a lot of people that you could sense they'd experienced quite a lot of, um, not necessarily trauma, but like a lot of bad relationships and they were yeah. quite jaded. Um, and, and I think, I mean, I honestly don't know what the men are experiencing on that end, but it became clear that, drama seemed to be a big part of it oh yeah and people messaging very intensely for a few days and then disappearing and you never hear from them again and that's kind of the norm yeah uh, because because having apps obviously makes it very open to everybody to be chatting to people that they don't really know um and and i think that's part of where you've got to build quite a bit of resilience around yeah. dating because quite often them disappearing it's got nothing to do with you um and I didn't take it personally and I think that's a bit unusual um I think so you know some people if they've experienced that repeatedly they start to think it's a reflection of them and I, and it's not. I, I truly don't think it is I think you have no idea what is going on on the other side of the phone right. um, so I choose to believe that it's nothing to do with me. And also it doesn't make them a bad person. They're just not very good at communicating. Right. And that's really, that's really what it is. Um, and also that's something I had to learn too. I haven't been on any dating apps lately, but I know when I was on them, just trying them out, I had to learn that um, I can't take that personal, that, per that person doesn't know me and I don't know them. And unfortunately when you're on dating apps, 
me and this other person has a million other options and we're all chatting with different people at the same time and it's it, it is what it is that's kind of the downfall to the um dating app so i know a part of your coaching is um speaking to talking to women about online dating giving tips i know that was a really good one how would one stand out you would what would you say on the dating apps yeah or just online period how would one stand out or think, without looking too clingy or codependent or <laughs> I think personally don't be scared to admit what you want okay. because for me um i think that first time i went back on um like i said when i wasn't quite ready um i i said i was just doing it for fun and you don't you don't attract the best people then oh, I don't no. think because that seems to be code for something else. <laughs> it <laughs> it is. at that point I didn't realize. Oh, you catching on? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never quit. Um, quickly changed my my profile. But um, I think for me, I think sometimes people don't put the effort into their profile. So you need to have enough information on there to decide whether somebody is a good fit. And it can't just be all about the pictures. So yes, you have to find somebody attractive yeah. and be intrigued by that, but there has to be something deeper within that. And I would say um, when I've helped clients with their profiles, sometimes they can be a little bit bland. They don't, they don't put enough of themselves into it and um, and I think you can you can let your personality come through and that gives people a little bit of a an insight into what you're like and what you're looking for. And I think don't hide if you're looking for a long term relationship, you know, be be really upfront with that. I think, um, you know, I think the, the worst thing to do is hide that because you're going to attract people that aren't after the same things as you. Absolutely. Um, ab absolutely. So. A question into that so I think there's a fine line to it at the same time too so let people know what you want but then I think what women get confused a lot of them they tell too much information up front would you agree with that or would you or do you not agree with that yeah, I don't um I don't know I've I, I've seen a mix but I would say more for me is that the profiles that I've helped with um it's, it's almost been like a sanitized version of themselves. Mm -hmm. And and I think, you know, yes, you want to put your, a good version of you forward, but you don't want it to be unrealistic. Right. So, um, you know, it's the same with the photographs is if they're all looking completely perfect, I don't want somebody to be disappointed when they meet me. <laughs> Got you. So yeah. I, a, mix, a mix of photographs on there, and it's the same with like the words that I use. It's just making them aware. Um, I do swear. I wouldn't say I swear loads, but I swear. And if you're offended by that, I'm not your person. Right. Um, well, I tell them that in the thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So it's things like that, letting a little bit of yourself through yeah. and and a mixture of of things that you enjoy and that are important to you okay so um as far as like the um first date like having your first date would you say um let's say you're out to dinner and then the guy he asks you why why are you single right 
like and then what what response would a woman give and sometimes because men they say men pick from that like if the woman be like well i was in a bad relationship and she she's telling the truth but then maybe the guy takes it as something else like what advice would you give towards that type of question yeah it's hard isn't it i do appreciate that because you don't you don't know how it's going to be interpreted um completely And um, but I also don't think it's healthy to focus on like a lot of bad dating history, um, you know, and, and just saying I've, you know, I've not met the right person yet. It can be something because until you know somebody and you can swap those stories. But on a first date, I don't think it's it's fair almost to be to be going so deep into that stuff. You want to be keeping it a bit more light but also getting to know them um and i think that's a it is a really personal question isn't it yeah. and like I say, it's you've got to, for me you've got to trust somebody enough um like within a relationship to trust them with that information um and for me a first date is probably a bit early um, I, I like that you put that out there you like for you anyway that you feel like you have to trust that person because I know a lot of people think that well let me I think a lot of people will make that person like they're single because the other person was just terrible and then they are thinking in their heads that they look like everything but in reality I think a level-headed person will be like there's always two sides to every story yeah yeah we all been through um relationships and things like that that um, they they end for a whole variety of reasons, right. um, and it's just a lot of information to get into on a first date. I think it should just be about more about just getting to know each other. Um, I think that question probably comes from somebody wanting some reassurance that you're not crazy or something like right. that. Certainly, when I've been on onlines, I uh, online online, I get hints <laughs> from guys that you're not crazy, are you? You're not one of the crazy ones. And it's oh, like, crikey, you know. So let <laughs> yeah, me ask you this. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let me ask you this, Go, tapping into reassurance now. Some women, because it sounds like you work with women. Now, some women, they need constant reassurance while dating and in relationships where the man will take you as crazy because you're the type that always reach out, always text, want to know what's going on, this, that, and the third. The woman is always just, the man is always preoccupying her mind. What advice do you give to women or how do you work with women like that who are just preoccupied with relationships and dating and they kind of get stuck in toxic cycles because they think this way. How do you work with those women? Yeah. Well, no, and that's a brilliant question because I do see that a lot. And, and I think as well, when you are um, needing that reassurance and reaching out and do, being almost the one to do the chasing, it provokes a response in the man to back off. Right. So for me, one of the first things I work on is you've got to, you, we've got to work on the foundation of being okay where you are at the moment being okay being single so that you're not in a rush to get there because you think there is better than where you are it's like you've got to be self-sufficient you've got to be able to look after kind of your emotional health and all of that kind of stuff so that you're not 
chasing inappropriate ones or settling for ones that aren't great because you think that's better than being on your own. Got you. So how do you work with women who are maybe self-sufficient as far as like, well, they got a good job and they're self-sufficient and taking care of themselves, but they're, they're still looking for other things outside of themselves. What core wounds do you work on um, as far as with that woman? Mm, yeah. Well, I think it's fine to be, um, to be very self-sufficient and happy where you are, but also be looking for that kind of relationship because we're kind, humans are built for connection. And, um, and so I don't think there's anything wrong with that situation, but I do think it's a matter of kind of filling up your life with things that you love. So you're not relying on love and human connection always coming from one person. Cause right. that's, so that, that's where my thing, that's what I was asking because there's women who are like, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. Um, I'm very career driven, but I was always looking for something outside of myself. And I always just thought that it would be in a relationship. And for me, I would always attract guys who I could focus on like my career. You know what I'm saying? Like a builder man or something like that. You know, like he had potential, but he need he needs some help though. So let me help him out. Right. So that's why I was like, how if you ran into a woman like that who just who didn't fully understand like what codependency is and what, and, 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 and how you have to find happiness within yourself and not other people. Like how would you work with a woman like that? But then you, you gave examples of knowing that you can find those things, not just in one person, but in other things. Yeah. Yeah. So. It just kind of gives a good balance to your life. Doesn't it? It's a bit like I always want when I was growing up, that I, which is probably why I was quite, I was quite suited to marriage. <laughs> I always had like one best friend and, but it's not very healthy because if that one best friend, if that relationship goes sour, then you're not in a very good position for right. support and things like that. So, um, so similarly, I think, you know, it's good to have that mix of friends and family that support you and you support them. Um, but I think for me, going back to what you asked, it was, um, it's it, the first step is recognizing that pattern that you've got yeah because if you're not aware of it it's going to keep repeating right and I, yeah that that's definitely it because I know in my situation I was always looked at because even though I was like that with my partner I was also like that with my friends and my family and I was the go-to person so I was looked at as strong so I figured yo this is just my role in life yeah but then yeah. um like I was explaining to you before, my last relationship really opened my eyes. Like, no, this, this, this isn't it because you can be there for somebody and help build them up. And then they decide to walk away, which is okay because at the end of the day, humans change their minds. And, mm -hmm. but when they walk away, what do you have for yourself? Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I think that's, that ends up being like something that you rely on being somebody who provides for others and like you say fixes them or yeah. is the sole support for them I think it can that's where it can get a bit unhealthy but uh -huh. I think in that pattern is the first step 
Because when you recognize the pattern, it's like you said, you have that self-concept of being strong and helping people and being there for them, which is lovely. And you get to choose, well, is that what I, who I want to be? And do I want to be anything else? Right. Um, and, and I think there's obviously, we are all, we all have like programming set in and there's, yeah. there's, there's an easy way that our brain works. And because it's, it's always gone down that route, right. it's easy to keep doing that. But if you decide at some point that that doesn't serve me anymore, it is then it's practice to kind of go, right, I want to do this instead. Yourself being drawn to somebody who needs fixing in some way or supporting and building up. It's like, do I want to be that? Or do I want to do something else? Do something else, right. Yeah, because I quite, I quite like the idea of, um, in, a, in any relationship, including my marriage, there, there were parts that didn't work. Do you know what I mean? There was parts that you would say, oh, if, if they stopped doing that, that would be marvellous. <laughs> right. And, and it's, but it's thinking, accepting all of it, the whole package, right. and not, not needing or expecting them to change. And so I always like to ask people if they're with somebody and they're not sure um, whether it's working, I just say, well, are you happy as it is? Or are you expecting them to change at some point? Because That's a good question. And an eye-opening question, I think, too, because if you can't accept all of it or everything and you're expecting them to change like like you're fixing somebody up you're in a way you're expecting them to change something and if you can't accept them where they're at right now and let them grow at their own pace then it's probably not the relationship for you so Mm -hmm. that is a very it's draining as well because you're you're kind of fighting against what is Mm -hmm. and and I think, and that's not, it's not healthy for you, but it's not healthy for them either. And that's why I don't like ultimatums where somebody, <coughs> you know, where somebody might say, if you don't change this, I'm going to leave. Yeah. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want anybody to change under those circumstances because right. people, people do change. I mean, there's the saying that leopards don't change their spots, but I truly believe people do evolve. You've probably seen it in yourself and I know yeah. I have. That, I, that people change over time, but it never comes from a position of being forced. Not at all. And it, it not at all. And I think it brings resentment too if they do try. Um, if they do try and it's not on their own, it, it brings subconscious resentment. I really do believe that and I've witnessed that for myself. So, very subconscious even. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that too. <laughs> Okay. Um, let me ask you this. What projects do you have right now? What do you have going on? Yeah. Well, building up my business. So I've been doing the dating side of things for about eight months. So I'm building that up. I'm running a 12 days of Christmas dating. Um, I want to say it's, a, it's not really a challenge because that makes it sound like hard work, but it's like 12 days of gifts, basically. Okay. Tips, um, mindset, tricks that you can use. Um, to kind of keep you focused on yourself and what you're looking for um, and drawing those people to you um, and how to remain kind of upbeat, resilient, all of those kind of things um, that are really important when you're dating online. Um, because I think it can be it can be quite soul-destroying. And if you focus just on the bad interactions, 
Um, I think it's really important. Like when I've been dating um, this time round, um, and a lot more intentionally, I've seen there's been maybe a third of people that, like I say, they naturally drop off. So they, they're messaging and then they, they disappear and that's fine. And, and some of them, we've, they've just, we've just discovered in and amongst those first few weeks that we're not a good fit. Yeah. Um, you know, their sense of humor is too rude or um, they're expecting something in a relationship, you know, like lots of messaging backwards and forwards, which when you've got two jobs and teenagers and a house to run, that isn't, I'm afraid, going to happen. Right. It's a different place from where I was when I was in my 20s and dating. So um, that just wasn't a good match that way. So I think, but focusing on the ones that didn't work isn't helpful. I mean, if, if it became a pattern to learn from, then that is helpful. But most of them, it's just like, you're not a good fit. And then everybody parts on good terms. Right. Um, you just divert your attention to the ones that you're having nice conversations with. Um, so it's things like that, that I think keep it fun and healthy um, and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I'm working on at the minute is, which starts tomorrow is the 12 days of Christmas. So. Awesome. Okay. Um, and then where can the audience find you? Yeah. Well, I have a Facebook group um, called Smart Women Dating Intelligently. Um, and that is where the 12 days of Christmas is going to be happening. Um, so you can get all the good stuff in there. Um, and also I'm on um, Facebook as Jenny Richardson. Um, and I post a lot of content on my personal page. So that's where people can initially find me and then they can opt into the group from there. Okay, awesome. Well, Jenny, I want to thank you for coming on today. Thank you very much. It's been lovely. Awesome. And I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. You can find me at P4K Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And until next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. If you like this podcast, please download and subscribe. If there's anything you would like to talk about in regards to relationships or would like to be a guest on the show to speak on relationships or get advice, you can always connect via social media at Playing for Keeps or email DJ at info at P4KDating.com. Thank you for tuning in and bye for now.